Extraordinary stories from across Scottish football communities. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the SPFL Trust Football Power Podcast. I'm your host Jake Gray. And I'm Callum Woodger. The competition is hotting up as we're down to the last four of the SPFL Trust Trophy. And just to remind you of the format once again, each round of the competition we're going to bring you some of the best stories from Scottish football communities. We'll also chat about the latest trophy games and bring you powerful stories including... How Jim Harvey made an unbelievable difference to his life through football fans and training at Wraith Rovers. We'll also hear from Braith Rovers Community Foundation Football Development Manager JJ Henderson. And on the pitch, we're speaking to Wraith midfielder Aidan Conway and Aki's youngster Lewis Smith ahead of the semi-final ties. But first, let's start by hearing a little bit more about Jim's journey with FIT. Big appeal, I think, to me was at the stadium. So it meant I was coming to where I come every weekend. So it drew me in straight away. Did the FIT programme probably eight, nine years ago. It was the first one that the club ever run. It was a 12-week programme. Joined with folk that were the same with me. I knew at that time myself I was overweight, a lot overweight, unhealthy, feeling tired. I think when I did the course I lost about 10 kilo in the 12 weeks. So Football Fans and Training is a, a programme we run here at Ray Fulmer's Community Foundation. It's for men and women over 35 with a, a waist size of over 38. It's a fitness programme, it's a, it's a life changing programme for some, which is fantastic to be involved in. It brings everyone together as part of a group and kind of breaks down the barriers of maybe going to a gym or being isolated and going out and doing it yourself. So the first part is kind of trying to educate the guys as much as possible uh, and set them small goals, achievable goals and, and start to make sure that they, they start to rely on themselves. Once I got on the course, I'd say I'd become a second burner of losing weight because I was now enjoying being out. I was meeting people in a similar background as myself. The, the 12 weeks is brilliant, but having guys like Jim come in at the stadium and have that connection and come back, he says they're, they're on a journey. And keeping people on that journey is massive for us. We, we want to be that heartbeat of the community. Met some really great guys on the course, as well as it was run by good people. And then from there we progressed, where a couple of us decided we wanted to continue to play football. When we started with seniors, it was pretty much five of us that completed the fit course. It's unbelievable because it's not what I imagined when I started up. I imagined a game of five side every week, not to the point that I've got sort of 50, 60 guys on my books with one team running, now looking to progress to a second team. Yeah, a lovely story there of how football fans and training has benefited Jim at Wraith Rovers Community Foundation. And we're joined by Jim now as well as JJ from the foundation. Jim, what did you make of that story there? It's fantastic listening back to uh, all the good stuff that have happened since coming from FIT and from where it all began. Yeah, and it was it was a, a good while ago now, Jim, you know, talking like seven, eight years back. But when you're looking back at that time, where were you at that stage in your life and what was the kind of motivation for getting involved in, in football fans and training down at Stark Park? Uh, I'd say at that stage in life, my life was get up, go to work, come home, sit in front of the telly, go to bed and then repeat. So being slightly overweight, which I knew myself, the fact that it was advertised through the football club, it gave me that extra kick to get started and look at losing weight. Yeah, and just to bring yourself in, JJ, how much of a draw do you think it is to having these initiatives at football clubs rather than at like community centres or gyms or other kind of social spaces? Do you think it makes a difference to, to supporters that are maybe thinking, you know, I need to shift a few pounds here or... Or I need to get a wee bit fitter when they when they when they see that it's been done by their football club. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I, I think on the Saturday, people Jim, Jim's given his routine there, but I, I guarantee on a Saturday's routine we're still coming down to Starts Park within that time, and the guys that are already are females now that are already coming through the the turnstiles at Starts Park, knowing that they can come there and benefit themselves through a fit course is is a massive thing. And, and when you kind of came in the, the door at, at first, Jim, did you set yourself any kind of targets for what you wanted to achieve in terms of, you know, a waist size or a BMI or, or how much weight you wanted to lose? Was there anything in your head or did the guys in the course help you figure out your, your kind of goals? Or I think when I first went, my target was just to lose any weight. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of set targets at the start of the fit course. So initially, I think I went for losing something like 10 over the sort of 12 weeks which was like a, a, a kilogram every week 
And obviously as well as the physical benefits, there must have been a lot of kind of mental health benefits as well on the course. Yeah, I think it kind of goes hand in hand because the more physical you are, then you tend to be the more uh, health benefits you feel from it. I certainly find during the 12-week the course that I was upstepping what I was doing every week. And the more I was doing, the more alert, healthier I was. My mood changes were, weren't as bad as what they were. And it's also a kind of social thing as well. You make friends on the course, can like, like-minded people. Yeah, 100%. There's guys from that course that I'd never met before that I would probably put in the bracket as being up there as uh, very close friends now. And obviously you, you've now taken this on yourself to... To, to kind of continue your journey with fitness and in, in that sort of community that you've built with with Rafe Seniors, can you tell us a little bit about the formation of of Rafe Seniors and what the kind of the aim of the the team or the club is? Yeah, well, at the end of it, there wasn't really anything for us back uh, when I completed the course for anybody to continue on to. So I kind of seen a gap in the market for the guys that were still there. So they started just initially playing five aside once a week. We then started to get in contact with some other fit um, graduates from other football clubs and start to kind of build to playing seven aside games. Then slowly after that we built to eight, nine aside, then back into full eleven aside football. Uh, guys travelling all over the country every sort of second weekend playing matches, training once a week. The ethos of the club is still targeted at Sort of fit program, so we're looking for guys that are overweight, that are interested in football or not interested in football, they just want to see it for fitness, but also sort of tackle on that mental health stigma uh, in males. We've got a couple of guys at the club um, who have really struggled over the years, and we've managed to get them in, on board. That starts part playing with us, getting into games, and they've not had the same mental health crisis is what they've had in previous years. One of the guys has actually had a complete change in his life where he's gone from being unemployed and mm-hmm. feeling like he didn't want to live any longer yeah. to now being employed and, and not long ago he's got himself engaged. Brilliant. Those are the kind of the impacts you want to you want to hear and it's I mean, Jake and I do this podcast for every round and we talk about various programmes, but it's it's very rarely just about the physical benefits. It's about how people can change their lives at home, relationships, their, their yeah. mental health. It's um, it's a really wide impact. I mean, JJ, what 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 do you reckon of the the the, the effort that that Jim's made to to take this on himself and actually continue the work that community trusts across the country are doing off his own back with with you know people we now consider friends. It's it's a brilliant kind of um, testament to the man that he's gone on to do this. Yeah, I think Jim's journey is really, really, truly inspiring for for anyone that's that's been involved in in the fit course. I think that the main point of 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 Jim's journey is the fact that there was no what's next for who was coming through the doors, and he give people that safe space and continue that support is is honestly incredible. And credit to Jim uh, in the video that that was played before, you you'll see the the stories of of travel and how they can get together. It's not just a case of come each week and this is what it is. It's how do we actually impact people's lives and give them memories and give them those things to look forward to, which is which is a massive, massive thing for people now. And I guess it's also about taking that learning from the football fans and training course and bringing it into everyday life, you know, life after fit kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So it's almost like Jim's became became a slight tutor as, as such without the training mm-hmm. uh, because the, the guidance that Jim's had from from the guys that put him through the course, it's all about having those small goals. Nobody comes through the doors and is, is told that they've got 12 weeks to become a, a, Rafe, a Rafe senior superstar. Mm-hmm. It's it's a week-by-week journey. What can they help them with? Is it on the pitch? Is it off the pitch? How's life? What are you doing? What, what do you think? we can help you or support you with and, and that's the that's the true part of being part of the Rafe Seniors, which is great. And you're really expanding things now, Jim. You were, you were telling us, um, I don't think it quite made the final cut in the video, but this is why we've got the podcast, but you were telling us, yeah. you know, that, that we've, you're potentially, you know, going to have this kind of international tournament with, with Rafe Seniors involving the Icelandic FA. 
Yeah, um, end of March, there's I'll see a few of us heading out to Iceland for five days. Uh, first, the, on the Thursday night, we're playing an international friendly against the uh, Icelandic Select. And then on the Saturday, we're playing in a North Atlantic eight-side tournament. We've got 16 teams from, kind of gives it away the name, the North Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to determine if it's going to be hot or cold yet? We haven't. We've kind of been told it could be either or at that time of year. So there's uh, things in place. Should it be need to play indoors or should it be can be played outside? And um, they're also looking to secure the national stadium for the finals as well. That's just like a brilliant. Like when you start this course seven eight years ago, and now you're you're going to a place you've maybe have you been to Iceland before? Have you visited? I mean, it's like you know, it's it's having this opportunity to do something totally different with with football. Yeah, I've never been to Iceland before and when I look back to when I started uh, race seniors, I didn't even think I'd be playing 11 side football again, let alone everything that we've, we've done since um, starting. And we've done charity games where we've raised into tens of thousands with ex-professionals players playing for us. It's things that you could only have dreamed of when we first kind of started it. Mm-hmm. And the Iceland trips a wee bit because my wife's a bit jealous. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it's been a real kind of lifestyle change for you, Jim, not just kind of physically and mentally, but it's also kind of spurred you on to achieve these things with us seniors as well. Yeah, 100%. I think for me more, it's what I give back. Um, I'm in a quite stressful job and I'm used to dealing with high pressure, stressful things. So as much as starting with seniors added a little bit extra stress, it gives guys out there something to look forward to every week. And that's the enjoyment I get out of it. Yeah, um, I've had phone calls at one o'clock in the morning from guys in the team who are really, really struggling and looking for help and getting them in contact with the right people and things. But just one or two people that you see the change in their life from it is enough to keep it going. And then, you know, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're maybe thinking about starting fit or they've already just started their journey, on fit, what would you say to them? Because I imagine at the start it's it's quite difficult if you've maybe gone from a situation where you're not particularly active and then you're having to kind of put yourself through this course which requires you to kind of get up and move in and change your diet. I mean, what would you say to someone if they're maybe struggling or they're not sure? What would you say the benefits of, of being involved in fit are and, and what's your kind of advice to people? I would just say um, is get out there, take a step out of your own comfort zone. To achieve your goal, you need to be out with what you're used to. Um, when I did fit, it was a guy from Glen Milne. He was part of the Healthy Highbies. Mm-hmm. And his thing of, uh, just remember, the only person you're competing against in here is yourself. So set yourself a target of beating what you did last week, not what the person sitting next to you has done, just what you've done. That's probably the best thing to go with, compete against yourself and see if it's only an extra step or you've reduced your calories by 10 calories. Well, that's still a positive. Yeah, absolutely. It's good advice. Um, JJ, if someone was to come down to Starts Park and get involved in fit, what can, what kind of things can they expect to, to kind of be doing on a on a weekly basis? Uh, so our uh, weekly basis for for fit is is split into two sessions. So the first forty five minutes is is probably a wee bit more educational and light hearted. We try and give them as much knowledge and education as possible with diet nutrition. Uh, and those kind of topics and then the second 45 minutes of the session is that uh, exercise element now that can be a variety of a walk around the stadium that can be a fitness exercise it can be can we get them on the pitch and and actively engaging in in some sort of sport something new for them Uh, we've got partners around the, the local community that we're looking to tap into as well where that can we actually rely and, and show these people where else it is available because the, the, the 12 weeks is brilliant and it's a great first step but we want to keep people on that journey the same as what Jim's went through as well. Yeah and as well as Jim you must have seen some amazing progress in, in some of the people on the course. Yeah that, that's a, that's the inspiring part it's, it's okay me being a tutor and, and want to get people on this journey and buy into what I'm telling them but it works both ways that the seeing someone come in weekly and set themselves small goals and, and have that recording in front of them where they're writing down their goals and you go, just a simple question, how, how'd you get on this week? What was your step count? 
those wee basic things and having that success and them actually coming back to you with a smile and saying, I've done this, I've, I've done that, I've changed that, that that's where it's a two-sided uh, journey. It's not just me trying to lead them down that way. It's it's truly inspiring. Do you think there's a kind of sense of feeling with yourself, JJ, that you get as much out of it as the people, you know, the participants on the course do when, when they're um, taking part? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's one of the most enjoyable things to be a part of, truthfully, within the week, uh, because as you say, there are small goals every week. It's not a week one success to week twelve to get them through it. it. It's it's slow and steady, and then it's that part of where can we go now? Because as you say, it's it's not just physical, mental health. Having someone come through that door again in the second week. It's a massive hurdle for people. Do they want to come back? Yep. And if you can keep them doing that week after week after week, that that success that that's where that's where the, the, the program really really works. We're going to go on and have a little in depth chat about the football later on with a couple of players, Aidan Connolly from from Wraith being one. Um, but I know Jim, you're a massive Wraith fan, um, and you know you've been very successful in this competition in the last couple of seasons. You can sort of say one, maybe one and a half, maybe even two. Victories in the last two seasons, depending on how you look at it. But how how you feeling ahead of um, the, the semi final against Dundee and potentially trying to defend that that trophy again? Dundee is a it's difficult tie, but uh, with my race head on, I'm looking forward to a final and maybe a repeat of last year's against Queen of the South. That's the thing, isn't it? I could throw up the same final again, yeah. um, potentially even the same stadium and same journey, but a deja vu. But um, yeah, certainly interesting. Been happy with the uh, the progress under under Ian Murray. Obviously, it's been a, a new start for the club this season. Yeah, hundred um, percent. A lot of fans are up and down whether they think it's been the right move or not. But I'm a firm believer that he's it's his first season in charge. You need to get behind him and give him time to change the team to the way he wants. They're certainly playing good enough football. I think it's quite clear that we need to learn to defend. But uh, if I'm going to win games 3-2 or 4-3 every week, then I'll quite happily take that. And winning this competition would be a, a real kind of indicator of success, I guess, in his first season. Yeah, I think a win in any competition um, is uh, successful, but the chances of um, a championship team or below winning the Scottish Cup again or yeah, winning yeah. The, the League Cup is very slim. So this is the kind of cup competition that gives you the chance to go out there and actually get some nice silverware, a good day out for the fans and uh, enjoy winning their trophy. See, to be honest, I thought it was just a requirement for the Rafe manager to, to go and win the SPFL Trust <laughs> Trophy. I thought it was like part of the contract. If you don't win this, you're gone. Um, but yeah, I'll be I interested. I think we've got a name on it more than anybody else. Yeah, you <laughs> must do. You yeah. must do. Um, we'll anyway. we'll have to go and count after this, yeah. after this show. I think you're right up there. Yeah. But, you know, Rafe... Um, JJ are a real kind of community club, and there must be a, a strong connection between the foundation and the club. Yeah, definitely. There's there's things going on in the club on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, we've got community clubs, community foundation sessions on from from Monday to Sunday, which was a, a massive thing when when I first came into the role two years ago. That was a target to happen. Uh, we've got women's social groups, women's fitness groups, we've got men's fitness groups, men's football groups, we've got walking football, we've got walking talk, things like that where two years ago the club didn't have that, they, they didn't have the, the structure there but it, it's now in place and it's thriving which is which is really, really pleasing uh, and the club's a massive part of that. No, it's brilliant to hear, I think we've seen that across the board, I've met a lot of community trusts and clubs working together and kicking on, especially at a tough time where people really do need support. It's it's amazing that football clubs can kind of provide that. Yeah, I think the, the social isolation part was, was huge, obviously, during COVID. And coming out the back of that, it wasn't as, as easy as what people just expected to happen, to go back to day-to-day -day life. So it's been a, a, a slow progress, but everywhere there's, there's been progress. And it's actually, it's probably opened up a lot of people's eyes to, to what's actually needed for the community. It's not just a case of, oh, I can put on a football session for a, a, a kid at three or a, an adult at 60. It's it's what do they need as well away from, from the football? Is it that cup of tea and a chat? Is it an arm round them? Do they actually need shown to a, to a mental health support group? Uh, those types of things, which is, which is really, really uh, pleasing that we've got those things in place for everyone. So... 
Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose Jim's story is just one small example of what Wraith and a lot of clubs across uh, the country are doing. But um, thanks again, lads, for, for coming on and, and chatting to us. It's much appreciated. And yeah, all the best for the, the semi-final, Jim. Maybe see you again in the final. Who knows? Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for your for time, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, we have some football chat where we'll be joined by Race Aidan Connolly and Hamilton's Lewis Smith. But first, it's time for the halftime highlights, a run-through of some football-powered stories from across the country. A group of 16 Celtic-supporting volunteers have completed an Arctic trek across Finland, raising in excess of £67,000 for the Celtic Foundation. The group, which included Celtic legend Tom Boyd, ended their adventure in the Finnish city of Rovaniemi last Sunday. Elsewhere, fans supporting Food Bank Scotland have won the Scottish Football Supporters Association Special Achievement Award. Fans supporting Food Bank Scotland urge fans to launch local branches and get involved in matchday collections. Prostate football fans in training is underway at both Tynecastle and Ibrox as Hearts and Rangers deliver the 12-week pilot project. Prostate Fit is a project for men living with prostate cancer, supported by experts helping to build participants' knowledge of diet, exercise and nutrition. In other news, both the St Mirren FC Charitable Foundation and Big Hearts celebrated Burns Night last week as they welcomed participants for Haggis Leaps and Tatties, traditional Scottish music and a good time at both Tynecastle and St Mirren Park. The SPFL Trust Winter Support Fund is being put to fantastic use as clubs have started rolling out projects to assist people through the cost of living crisis. We're on your side this winter. To access our cost of living support hub, visit spfltrust.org.uk forward slash winter. And finally, both SPFL Trust Trophy semi-final ties will be broadcast live on BBC Alba. Now on to the football, and Callum and I are joined by Aidan Connolly and Lewis Smith. But before we get started, here are the semi-final fixtures we have coming up on Tuesday the 7th and Wednesday the 8th of February. On Tuesday, Hamilton Ackies host Queen of the South at New Douglas Park. And on Wednesday, Dundee welcome Holders Wraith Rovers to Dens. Yeah, we're joined now by Wraith Rovers, Aidan Connolly. And Aidan, you'll be looking forward to the game next week against Dundee. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a tough game because obviously we're away from home and uh, we've not beat Dundee this season yet. So it's, it's going to be a tough game and um, obviously we want to get through it though. You think you'll get a bit of stick off the Dundee fans being an ex-United man now? Oh, I'll be getting slaughtered, but I'll probably be getting booed a lot, lot. But no, of course, it's. Um, I had a good time up at Dundee. Um, so it's always nice to go back. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good side to, to play your football in. Uh, obviously, like you say, they're going well in the league, but, but you know, you guys have got a great pedigree in this competition, having won it last season and, and shared it the season before with. With Inverness, there's just something about Wraith and this this trophy that seems to go together. Is there just like a kind of a secret in the dressing room for doing well in this in this competition? Could you let us in on it? Or? No, I, I honestly <laughs> don't know because someone was saying that they've not been beaten like two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's it's strange because a lot of the teams rotate like rotate with squad and whatever throughout the rounds. But I think it's once you get to the semis and final, everyone wants to go and win it. You want to go. No matter what what cup it is, it's you always want to get to the final and try and win. Yeah, what was it like winning it last season? What was the what was the dressing room like afterwards? It, it was actually buzzing. The, the, the boys were, were loving it, and it was um, it's probably unexpected considering, like I say, it was always rotated squads for the games, and it was as if it was like friendlies. But when when we got to the final, it was it was a good atmosphere. There was I don't know how many, maybe like three thousand at the game, so it was a good good crowd came to it. Yeah, and it would mean a lot to the supporters again to have success in this competition. Do you think it it's something that fans look forward to more when it gets to this final stage and you kind of think, you know, we could get our hands on a bit of silverware here. It might not be the Scottish Cup or the League Cup, but the chances of a team in the lower leagues winning one of those is quite slim. But I suppose this competition gives you a chance to, to go and have your kind of your day out. Of course, I think it's, it's um, the Cups for basically who's the best team out with the Premiership. So it's... You want to go win and show that you're one of the better teams in the league below. And like I say, with the final last year it was a it was a good game and it was good atmosphere. So it's always one you're wanting to get to. Looking at kind of form of all the teams in the competition, Dundee is probably arguably the least favourable tie. But how how do you see that one going? How how do you feel ahead of the game? 
Of course, it was. Um, we, had, we had a tough run because we had Queen's Park last round to no Mugzilla and and yeah, game. It was the same last season. We had Kamarnik away the semi final. I don't yeah. know if you remember, and, and we beat them there. So you never know. It's just a game of football, eleven v eleven. So you never know what can happen. Yeah, no, it's kind of a bit of kind of you'd be familiar opposition for you because you you know you play them four times in the league over the course of a season. Do you think that that kind of comes into it, or is there still that the element of like this is a cup game, it's a one-off, and, and the game goes a bit differently? How, how does it feel when you're on the pitch? I, I think it's, it does feel different to a, to a league game, um, but like I say, everyone wants to. Once you're in a semi-final, you want to get the final. You you don't want to get knocked out. You want to get there, no matter how it's done. But like I say, Dundee away, it's, it's going to be a tough game because the last time we played there, they, they battered us, to be honest, in that game. Mm-hmm. And, but you're in a, you know, a, a decent wee bit of form personally this season, do you think? I mean, what age are you, Aidan? You're 26, 25, 26? 27. 27 now. I mean, do you think you're kind of coming into that bit of your career, the sort of peak of your career where things are clicking for you and you're you're finding your, your kind of best football? Of course, of course. It's... Um well, obviously, last season I had a good season as well, mm. but I think I've kicked on again this season. Helps with the manager. The manager's been good with me, and um, the same last season I had a good manager as well under John McGlynn. Is it, is it sort like of different say, different styles with the managers, or? Uh, they're actually they're, they are really different. They are really different. One's calm, and one's obviously a bit more intense. It was, mm. but in terms of the way they want to play football and the way. In that, in that sense, it's it's really similar. Has that helped to, to kind of adjust this season then? The fact that their playing styles are maybe quite similar? Yeah, I think that has that has probably helped it that um, there wasn't much change in the way that the boys that were already there, they were all work, already like wanting to play football and wanting to pass out to the back. And it's the same this season, so it's, it's probably helped that they had that under John McGunn. And you're, you're still kind of... I know it's a, it's a it's a bit of a crazy league. The championship is always super competitive. But you're still in the hunt for for playoffs. Do you see it as a, a real chance to kind of go and have some success this season? If you if you keep going well in the cup, does it kind of lend itself to good league form as well? Do you find? Yeah, definitely. It's um, when when you go win that cup, it gives you confidence that you can go do anything after that. Even though it's not the biggest of the trophies. Um, and like you say, the championship's such a tough league. It's so tight. Yeah. Close to relegation as much as you're close to this, the top of the league. Do you know what I mean? Do you find yourself kind of changing your expectations of, of your your goals throughout the season because it is such a you know it's only ten teams and it's it's tight and is at the start of the season it's like right playoffs if the season goes well win the league if it's struggling you maybe like you know avoid relegation is it is it constantly moving the goalposts and reassessing where you want to be? Well, I think the club were wanting to get top four at the start of the season. I think it's still the same now. And mm-hmm. I think as a player, you want to go to the top four, but sometimes it's you just got to take a game at a time and see, see what happens. You don't want to get ahead of yourself because sometimes it can suck you into being further down. Is it something that's kind of spoken about by the manager at training and things, you know, this trophy and other competitions, as Callum mentioned there, the form kind of lending itself to the league. Is that something that's kind of brought up in training and kind of throughout the week? Uh, it's not really been, but it's, I think, like you say, I think if if you can win in this trophy, if we won this in the final, I think it would kick you on towards the, the end of the season and say if you were at the bottom of like half of the league and you want to stay at relegation, it could kick you on for confidence and whatnot. I suppose as well, and some people forget, you've got to think of, you know, football players as, you know, just people like anyone and, and the incentive of getting to that final and having a, you know, a big party at the end of it must be must be a big one for you is to go out and, you know, in Kirkcaldy or whatever and, and, and have a good a good time. It, it must be like, you know, it's a short career, those days don't come around often, it must be a big motivation for you to, you know what, I want to go and have a big celebration and, and really enjoy my football and, and having a cup final and a chance to go and do that it must be a huge carrot. Oh, of course. Like I say, last season we did. We went out like a week later, and it was brilliant. And it was a good change room last season, and and this season's the same. We've got a lot of good boys in the change room, and I said to them in the car that they would want to experience that because it's it is a good day, and it's as long as you win. Obviously, we won last season, so it was it was good. But if if you can win again, I think it's something that you'll always remember. And I guess it's similar kind of. 
you know that you're giving that kind of winning feeling, that glory to the fans, that big day out for the fans as well. You want to give that back. Yeah, I think that's something that the the fans all love this trophy. I think they spoke like last season when we won it. There was so much pressure on it whenever we were going into the game because they were saying that a few I don't know when it was a few years back they had won before and they were saying that we need to win again and all this sort of stuff. So I think it is a big thing for the the fans in Kirkcaldy. Do you think you've got a squad that thrives under that pressure? You know, maybe some teams, players, squads, maybe will under the pressure a bit, which I think you've maybe it's a case of having a group of boys in there that actually really enjoy playing in those kind of pressurised situations? I think so. We've got a lot of good football players and um, we've actually got a good team. We're just sort of struggling to, to sort of see out games, but in terms of dominating the game, I think we've been very good, especially the last month or so. Been quite a few changes as well over the over the summer with boys leaving and, and new faces coming in, you know, new captain, things like that. It must take a while to get adjusted to and find your feet. Yeah, to be fair, the boys have settled in quick. Um, the likes of Ross Mullen, Scott Brown, Dylan, they've, they've all settled in quite quick. And like I say, they're all good lads. So that's the main thing. As long as you've got a good dressing room, you've always got a chance to have success or to do well in a season. See, having guys like like a Scott Brown in midfield, and you know he kind of maybe frees you up a wee bit to go forward. Having Dylan Easton to play off of, do you think that's helped your game in terms of getting forward a bit more this season and, and finding the back in the net a, a lot more? Uh, of course, I think I think I think the big one for me is Ross Mullen behind me. I think he's really helped in terms of he keeps it simple and he talks through the game, and he, he's I think he's been a big help to me, and he probably goes unnoticed in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, in that in that way, yeah. I mean, if, you know, if you've, it's um, it's always difficult, isn't it, when you're you're readjusting and bringing in a new manager. But what what are your kind of hopes for for the rest of the season in terms of in terms of the league? I know you, you want to obviously go all the way and, and win win the cup. But what would be success for Rafe Rovers and um, you know the rest of the season get to the playoffs? But is is there realistic you know aims of trying to get promotion to the to the Premiership? I think I think now we've got to aim to just keep playing each game but I think in terms of the club's goals they'll be looking for the playoffs and and I think if we got to the playoffs we'd be a surprise package you know that it's obviously going to be tough to get there but I think if we got the playoffs I don't think many teams would want to face us I think we're a we're a good team especially at home um, and I think if you ask a lot of the players in the league they probably wouldn't want to play Rafe in terms of that way Yeah we spoke a little bit about you know people some players coming up from League One. Um, I wanted to touch on Dylan Easton a wee bit more. What's what's he been like in and around the dressing room and, and on the pitch as well? Because obviously he had that really good season last season at Airdrie. Yeah, he's been, he's been good. He's he's starting to hit, he's hitting form just now. He's um, I think he came back in the last month in the team and he's done well the last month. He's um, yeah, he's been doing well on the pitch and I think the manager trusts in him and that's. That's a big thing as well. He's the kind of player that's got a wee bit of a, you know, creativity that that can really come in handy in, in the later stages of games and in the season as well. Of course, it's you always want to have four players that are going to understand you and understand your movements, and and that's that's what happened. We got likes of Lewis Vaughan who's come back and Jamie Gillan. I think we've got our understanding up there just now, which is which is helping. Yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, big game on on uh, Tuesday night at uh, Wednesday night, even sorry at Dens Park. Um, and yeah, all the best for that, Aidan, and, and thanks for coming on and, and chatting to us. Cheers, thank you very much, lads. Cheers, man. thanks, mate. Appreciate nice. it. Cheers. And we're also joined by Hamilton midfielder Lewis Smith to preview their game against Queen of the South last season's finalists on Tuesday night at New Douglas Park. Lewis, how you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Um, Hamilton in Cups this season. You've been flying in the Cups, beat Ross County in the Scottish Cup to get through. You're in the semi-finals of this one. Is it just a case of you're enjoying those one-off games and that kind of Cup football factor that you get? Yeah, definitely. I think, especially for, for us as a team, it's been a bit unusual because the last few seasons we, we haven't been great in the Cups. But yeah, this year's been a, a real change. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been really good to, to play in the Cups and, and win the games. Yeah, I guess that kind of form overall has improved over the last kind of month I think it's what four games unbeaten now 
yeah, obviously since since January, the turn of the year, it's been a it's been a lot better. Obviously, the first half of the season was really disappointing for all of us, and to be fair, the cups competitions uh, kind of uh, provided a bit of an outlet for us. But uh, yeah, since the turn of the year, it's been a, been a lot better. And yeah, as you said, four games, four, four wins in a row. So yeah, it's been it's been good recently. Yeah, we were chatting about with Aidan about how you can take a lot of confidence from from progressing in the cup, and has that been the case for Hamilton? Definitely, I think obviously sometimes you're playing teams in, in leagues below you, and they can kind of sometimes uh, like provide a bit of a, a bit of a banana skin for you. But I think we've dealt with it really well this year, and uh, and, and we've, we've beaten most of the teams we've come up against. So yeah, it's been it's been really good. And uh, obviously, the main the thing is taking that confidence into the league form, which we've not we didn't manage to do in the first half of the season. But it's been it's been a lot better since the turn of the year. How's it been working under? The new manager, John Rankin, is he kind of obviously it's his first kind of big job, uh, you know, a, a full time manager's job in football. Is do you think it's maybe just taking a bit of time for like a young team and a young manager to get together and, and find that bit of cohesion to get he's playing better on the pitch and, and picking up results? Yeah, I mean, I think the gap is great. Everyone, everyone at the club really, really likes working under him. I think it was just a bit. The summer was a bit chaotic in terms of we didn't, we wasn't really um, sure about the start of the season what who what was going what was going on and I think we were a bit behind with getting players in as well but yeah so that's probably why it took a wee bit of time for us to to kind of to get to get used to things but yeah uh, hopefully we're seeing this uh, that what uh, the gaffer knows his stuff because recently we have been we have been playing better. It's also a really kind of difficult sticky league the championship isn't it. Yeah, and that's what makes it such a good league. I think as well. I mean, anyone can anyone can beat anyone. I think you saw that at the weekend. We obviously went to for Hill and beat Partick Bristol one now. A result that probably a lot of people weren't expecting. So yeah, I think that's what makes it such a good league. And how are you feeling heading into the the semi final against Queen of the South? Obviously a division below, but you know a decent side who, who got to the final last season, Championship side last season as well. It's it's not going to be an easy one, is it? Yeah, obviously we know a lot about Queen of the South just from playing them last year, and yeah, we did manage to to beat them a, a few times, which was which was good for us. But we know they're a really good team. We played them in, in a pre-season friendly, and they were they were really good. So they're going to be a, a tough opponent. And as you said, they've got previous in this cup for getting to the final. So we need to make sure that doesn't happen this year. And for them as well, they've got a new manager and in, in Marvin Bartley. They've got players like Rudy Payton, who's kind of flying top top scorer in League One as well. So he'll be. Uh, wary of of those kind of players. Yeah, definitely. They've got a, a lot of threats, obviously, and uh, obviously I don't know Martin Bartley personally, but I've heard heard really good things about him as well. So, yeah, obviously the focus on is uh, from us personally is is on what we can do because we know at the end of the day if we if we do our best, we'll, we'll probably we'll hopefully win the game. So yeah, we just need to focus on ourselves for that game. Absolutely, and you know, like you say, the, the the only goal in your mind will be getting Hamilton to the final. How much would that mean to you personally to get to get Aki's to a cup final? Yeah, it would it would mean a lot. We've not I don't remember the last time we were at a cup final. Not since not since I've I've been full time. So it, it would be it would mean a lot, and there would be a nice a day out for the fans because something that they probably they deserve. Because uh, yeah, as I said, we've not really been at our best this season, so it'd be nice to to uh, to give them a final to look forward to. Am I right in saying that you're a Hamilton fan yourself, Lewis? Yeah, yeah, I, I was. I, and I did, I, I went to a cup, one of these cup finals years ago when I was really young, but I was. I can't even remember much about it. I was that young, so. I'm starting to think it might have been 2005, six. What age are you, Lewis? I think I'm 22. I think it was that um, against St Myrne. Yeah, it was against St Myrne. Callum's a St Myrne fan. I was trying to think in my head, what was, maybe we probably should have looked up to be fair, but when was the last time Hamilton might have been in the final well, they went competition? To the, they were in one against Falkirk as well, but I, can't really, I, I was a bit older then, mm-hmm. but I can't yeah. really remember much about that either, to be honest, apart from that we've lost, so... Yeah, but it'd be, but, be nice uh, to, to play in one yourself, you know, and have that chance yeah, to go. Yeah, definitely. And oh. then hopefully, maybe it'll be God playing lucky for him will win it. So, Lewis, what's it like to come through at a club that you support and then go on to kind of represent them in, at a first team level and in these kind of competitions as well? Yeah, obviously, it's, it's, it's great for me and my family. Obviously, my dad's a big Hamilton fan. My granddad was as well. So it's like it's, it's kind of they're all. I'm sure they're all really proud of me and stuff, which is nice. And. Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird at the start, obviously, but I've been playing for Hamilton since I was like nine years old now, so uh, it's it's kind of I've kind of got used to it, which is not good, and I think it's just nice to have a sort of um, 
like similarity with the fans uh, then like I know what it's like to be a Hamilton fan and stuff like that so it's good Does it help you on the pitch when you're maybe trying to you know you, you know what it means more than maybe other players do not to say that other players don't care or don't put in the effort but you know not everyone in the team is going to be a Hamilton fan do you think it helps you on the pitch when you know maybe the chips are down you need to find that little bit extra that you, you kind of have that that tie to the club Yeah probably obviously everybody wants to tie together 100% uh, whatever team they support but yeah it probably does help a wee bit just to give me an extra extra boost How many games are you on now for Hamlin? It must be you know, way over 100 at, at such a young age Yeah I, I, I just reached 100 I don't know a, a month ago or something like that so I don't really know exactly but it must be like 105 something like that which is obviously when I reached 100 it was a really a really proud moment because I don't know Look, when you're a child you don't really uh, expect anything like that to happen so that was a really proud moment for, for everyone in my family it was great yeah, so it's obviously a great community club, Hamilton, great youth academy as well, and um, lots of great examples to to follow on for. I, t- I take it you kind of look at yourself as sort of a, a role model to the kids maybe in the academy or kids in the stand that, that you know they can they can do that as well if they want. Yeah, definitely. I think it's obviously you said it's got Hamilton have got a great like tradition of bringing through young players, and but I had tons when I was was at when I was in the youth team looking forward like um, Ali Crawford and. Greg Dockey and obviously going further back James McCarthy and players like those so uh, yeah it's nice to, to kind of to keep keep that going and uh, yeah obviously I'm still quite young but the team's young so I'm actually one of the, the one of the more experienced ones so yeah it's nice to to be to be bringing that uh, to the to the next generation of uh, young Hamilton players Yeah and you said yourself it's not been the, the best of seasons or the best kind of last couple of seasons for, for Hamilton but as someone that's been a Hamilton fan since a young age and someone that's been in and around the club for a while, does it kind of give you that extra bit of motivation to try and get them back to kind of where they were and more stable in the championship and potentially even further ahead, kind of looking forward to uh, getting back into the Premiership maybe? Yeah, I think the last couple of seasons have just kind of been a transition period for us. Obviously going down was uh, was just really disappointing, but... Uh, we we know individually and as a team where we want to be, and that's playing in the playing in the top league. Obviously, and um, it's not it's not materialised. It's not we're not being able to get straight back up. But hopefully, if we if we can stay up this year, we can cement our place in the championship, and then um, in the future, just just push to be back there because that's where everyone wants to be. Do you think it's benefiting the team having this kind of battling on two, even three fronts? If you're kind of looking to get get further in the Scottish Cup, but having having that bit of a break from the league or, or a different focus to get you get you kind of finding your feet and, and getting good minutes in your legs to kind of kick on and try and get yourself out of that situation you find yourselves at the bottom of the championship yeah I think so I think the cup competitions obviously as well gives, a, gives other boys a chance to play sometimes as well and, and it can help people regain form and stuff like that so I think the, um, especially this upcoming week obviously we've got the, the game on Tuesday then on Friday which is in, in the Scottish Cup so it's going to be a, a quick turnaround but it gives boys in the team a chance to go in to go and show what they're all about and uh, hopefully we can progress in both the Cups Yeah definitely all the best for you for the, the rest of the season Lewis hopefully you can kick on as a team and individually as well Right thank you very much Top man cheers Cheers Now before we get into our predictions for the semi-finals let's have a run through of the quarter-final results Hamilton Ackies beat Clyde 3-2 Queen of the South nil Kelty Hearts nil with Queen of the South winning 4-2 on penalties Queen's Park nil, Wraith Rovers 1, and Dundee 4, Dunfermline Athletic 2. So if you're listening carefully to those, you already know the answer to what's coming. It's time for the SPFL Trust Football Power Prediction League. Yes, so if you've been listening to this podcast on a regular basis, you'll know that Jake and I are going head-to-head for the duration of the trophy to find out who has the best knowledge of Scottish football. Now, I was in the lead 3-1 heading into the last round. Jake's shaking his head here. Um, where we challenged ourselves to predict who would progress to the semi-finals. Um, and we've got a bit of a situation here because Jake said Dundee, Hamilton, Queen of the South in Queen's Park. And I said Dundee, Hamilton, Kelty and Wraith. And as we can hear from the results there, we both get three correct because Dundee, Hamilton, Queen of the South and Wraith all progressed. Um, and that means for the first time in SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast history, we're going to have to go to a tie-break question. That 
was a bit elongated, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite long, that. <laughs> it's really ramping the tension <laughs> up here. But uh, in order to, to separate Jake and I, we are bringing in our colleague Lawrence Brody to settle this with the big question. Lawrence, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, not too bad. I'm feeling nervous, the tense, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. should be nervous. Oh, it's going to be a difficult one. So we've asked um, our colleague Lawrence here to, to come up with an SPFL Trust trophy-related question to separate us. That's the only criteria here. It could be about um, the competition since it became sponsored by the SPFL Trust Trophy. It could be going way back to the 90s for all we know. Um, So we'll see um, what Lawrence has got in store for us. But Jake, I think before we kind of get down to the question, we're going to have to determine buzzers here. Have you got an idea for what you want your buzzer to be? Is it just names? Do we do names? You can just do names, but I thought we could make it a bit interesting. What's your... your I don't know, just like... or something. (laughs) Bosch. Bosch, okay. Right, we'll we'll go with that. Fine. Right, Lawrence... Take it away. Okay, uh, so I've had the calculator out. Uh, I'm looking for the person who can get nearest to the pin on the answer to this question. How many goals were scored in last season's SPFL Trust Trophy? It's Bosch, Bosch. 97. Let me finish. Bzz, 82. We have a winner. Oh. So, Jake, you said 97. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Callum, you said 82. Correct. Okay. The number of goals scored last season. Well, it's interesting. There's two numbers. Oh, okay. So the number of goals scored last season on paper was 93. Oh. Okay, what's the caveat here? It's closer than I thought. The actual number was 90 because three of those goals counted in a 3 0 win. As in a forfeited match. Exactly. Oh, I United. I know, yeah. But that still means Jake wins. It still means Jake wins. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well done, Jake. Well Thank done. Thank you very much. That was yeah. close, though. If you go, yeah. if you go down to ninety, that's I was eight away and you were seven away. Yeah. So, uh, well done. Well played. It was close. Yes, I still, yeah, I still would have won. But also, thank you to the honest men who have got me back into it here <laughs> because I was slipping away and now I can come back and win. That's you back on the board. Yes, it's three two now, and we've got two more rounds to go. So it's yeah. it's uh, set up nicely for the last couple of. Uh, predictors and looking ahead to the semi-finals we've got the games coming up um, in midweek we should say thanks to Lawrence really shouldn't we before we move on thanks for, yeah, for coming on and doing Lawrence. that Lawrence I appreciate it's that it's a pleasure um, now back to business Jake um, for this round we're going to do a simple sort of result predictor what do we think the scores are going to be in the two semi-finals the closest best answers wins um, I'll let you go first with, with your predictions for Dundee Wraith and Hamilton Queen of the South right okay so I know Wraith have got a good kind of history in this competition, certainly in recent years. Um, but on current form, I'm going to say Dundee 1-0. I think it'll be close because I think Wraith will, as always, they'll be up for it and they'll be, obviously, as with any, any semi-final in a competition, they'll be looking to progress. So I'm go- but even still, I'm going to say 1-0 Dundee in that. I think they'll continue their form there. And Hamilton, Queen of the South. You know, Hamilton haven't had the best of seasons. Queen of the South haven't really either, but Hamilton mm-hmm. have been a wee bit... You know, their season hasn't been great at all. I know they've turned a corner a little bit recently, um, but I'm still thinking Queen of the South to get to the final once again, and I'm going to say 2-0 Queens in that one. Yeah, I'm finding it really difficult to argue with your logic in terms of the winners. I just think there's going to be a few more goals in these games, so this is going to go probably right into the wire again. We might have another tie break because um, you're saying 1-0 to Dundee. I'm I'm thinking 2-1 Dundee. Um, so we're going to have to see what the score is in that one I just think Dundee have got a couple goals in them um, and just, teams are just going to be throwing everything at it at this stage to try and get to, to our final this is when any competition really hots up when you've got that chance of getting to um, you know, a, a showpiece occasion like that and getting your hands on some silverware teams are going to be um, throwing the kitchen sink at it and the same with, with Hamilton I know you've gone for 2-0 to Queen of the South in that one I've, I've again Maybe tactically, you could maybe start musing about that, whether I'm trying to do you here, but um, I've gone for 3-1, um, Queen of the South. I just think, again, Queen's have got some goals in them. Uh, Rudy Payton's absolutely flying 
Mm. Um, it has to be said. Um, and yeah, again, a really good history in this competition recently, and and you know, and and the kind of past as well. So I, I can just see them going down to New Douglas Park or going down, going up to New Douglas Park even, um, and 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 just yeah, doing the business. I think Hamilton do look slightly poor, um, even though they are you know a league above in the championship, but they have been good in cups. It must be said, knocking yeah. Ross County out the Scottish and and getting to this. Last four stage in the SPFL Trust Trophy, so you got to give credit yeah. to John Rankin's team, I suppose, in that in that regard. They haven't lost in their last four. Yes, yeah, so there's a bit of form there. Yeah, a bit of form. Um, again, no Queen of the South. Can you what can you expect from them? New manager as well, Marvin manager, Bartley will yeah. want to. You know, this is a this is an easy win for him. You know, because if he gets them to a final, it's 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 brilliant. It's, it looks good for him. And they've made a couple of decent signings. Yeah, as well. some very good signings. Propel them into maybe the playoff places in League One. I think they're maybe I think they're sixth or seventh in the league now. Mm. Um, and yeah, the signings, you know, like Dabrowski from Hibs, that's a good signing. He's went straight into the team and um, played on Saturday there. And I just think that some of the signings they've made will kind of shore them up a little bit and make them a wee bit more mm. dangerous for teams. And if you're a bit of a Scottish football geek, you'll have noticed that there is a potential for us to have a kind of repeat of last season's final if Wraith and Queen of the South. Yep. We're to get through. Um I know we've both predicted Dundee to call it kinda you know, scrape past Rafe. But mm. you know, there's there's a there's not much between those teams. There's a good chance no. that we could have that again. Yeah, totally a good chance. And um yeah, Wraith will be they'll certainly have their eyes on uh winning it for the second year in a row. I know some people will come back and say it's the third year in a row and <laughs> arguably it is because they shared the trophy with, with Inverness the season before that, uh because of COVID, but yeah, they'll be fancying their chances once again under a new manager this time as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, well John McGlynn obviously had great success at, at Wraith over a, a few years, but yep. Ian Murray comes in with with um, a good reputation um, developed from his time at Airdrie and um, previously at Dumbarton and stuff. So, you know, he's a good operator, and, and again, it's another opportunity for him. He'll be seeing as you know, this is a great chance to get a trophy on my CV. Um, yep. You know. Um, so it will be will be very very interesting, but two absolutely cracking ties, both live on BBC Alba, um, and you can follow it across social media on SPFL Trust Twitter, Facebook, etc. We'll be keeping you updated on those, and we'll see who's in the final at the end of March. Yep. Very exciting. We'll be back with more news on the SPFL Trust Trophy in the coming weeks once we know who's in the final, where it's going to be played, and the confirmed date. But yes, thank you again for listening. If you want to learn more about the SPFL Trust, check out their Facebook and Twitter or visit spfltrust.org.uk forward slash trophy to learn more about the work they do and the SPFL Trust Trophy. And for more information about today's topics and participants, you can take a look at the episode notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. 